Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Today, I have with us a guest from Texas, uh, you know, one of the small states, um, obviously a huge state covering a lot of areas and a lot of cities. Um, say hello, Trey. Trey Hargrave, g- glad to have you here. Thank you guys so much. So happy to be here. Yeah, we're um, thrilled to have an expert in the industry um, on the show, especially someone who's so detailed in what they do and the area of um, work that they're in. Now, you work um, with Dental Space Advisors, correct, which is a um, a firm that specializes in commercial realty specific to uh, health care and dental, right? We do. So we are, we're kind of a boutique real estate firm that only works with dental professionals. We've been doing this about 20 years now, which sounds crazy that it's been that long. Uh, to my knowledge, one of the first really specialty uh, only real estate firms that's had a focus on, on dental, but uh, we do all phases of the real estate process from start to finish for any doctor wanting to uh, open their own practice, evaluate real estate, uh, everything involved in guiding them through that process. Yep. Yeah. So for those in the audience that don't know, um, why don't you tell them why, why does it matter if a commercial real estate broker or agent has specific experience in healthcare and dental, right? I mean, aren't they kind of all the same? And I know that's what probably some of our listeners are asking. Yeah, I, I think it, it depends on what um, really just kind of what you value in this relationship. It's going to be one of the most important financial decisions that you're going to make throughout your entire career. And so you want to work with somebody that is not only trustworthy, but competent, they're knowledgeable. And it's not just within real estate, it's within all things dental, because so many of these things intertwine. We know how nuanced the industry is. And so if you don't know those dynamics, uh, it's going to translate to everything else throughout the process. So I think it's really putting your trust and faith in somebody that's done this over and over. And really, that's the way, obviously, you become an expert at anything in life. It's by doing it over and over. It's not just sure. by cleaning, not through schooling. Um, so for us, we see it every day. You could go out and, and find somebody who I would say is a space finder who can help you find a, you know, a real estate location. But to make sure you're truly and honestly supported throughout the entire process, that you're getting the best terms, but that you're informed and, and confident in what you're doing. Uh, it's it's vital to work with a healthcare real estate broker that they've got experience, not just doing one or two transactions where you know they, they've, they have their feet wet, but not really a good scope of experience. Um, somebody who's been in the trenches for a long time, has the relationships, certainly knows all the nuances through getting, I mean, through what I'd say is a pretty complex negotiation in most cases. Yeah, I 100% uh, agree with you. I think it's uh, it's critical. Um, it not only can it save you um, a lot of money, um, it can also save you a ton of heartache, um, stress, and all of that. So um, let's jump into um, what you're going to talk about today a little bit. So let's let's talk about some of the challenges and problems that you see practices um, running into when they're out trying to find a space um, or just even trying to decide what neighborhood or what city that they should be in. Yeah. So it's not, uh, you know, it's not straightforward. I think really 
you know, to start and, and everybody has to start somewhere. Um, people, a lot of times you've got two, two parties of it. You've got the doctor that comes in that has very broad parameters where they're the kind of, I'd call it, I'll go anywhere dentist. Sure. Uh, and you have the others that have very specific parameters, whether it be from lifestyle or uh, just personal parameters where they have to stay confined to a certain area. And that's going to dictate, of course, the real estate process. So I would say the majority of doctors fit in that first bubble where it's the I'm open, I'm flexible. It's kind of more about opportunity. I just want to find a great spot and I want to be successful. So we're working kind of on a broad uh, element starting out. So what what's important for us and it's really important for the doctor is to try to narrow that focus, narrow that vision as much as we can. Uh, we can start broad. We have no issue with that. But if we stay broad, then we're going to get broad results. And that can be an issue. Uh, and certainly for our team, not having defined parameters and helping kind of really have eyes wide open when we're trying to hit the target on the bullseye. We want to know kind of what those needs are. And so first it starts with obviously practice vision. What type of practice do you want to have? What type of patients do you want to see? Uh, what type of practice do you want to be known for? And that's going to influence the types of areas that we're looking at. Uh, the lifestyle uh, choices have to, to play a part in that. So where's your sphere of influence? Uh, are, have you been associating at another practice where you could locate in that community and have relationships with existing patients that may come to you? Do you have family and friends or church network, whatever that be, where there's some kind of competitive advantage drawing you to a particular area versus keeping it so broad and so open and moving to the other side of town or to another city altogether with no existing relationship. So what are those, you know, what kind of defines that focus? What type of practice vision do you have? And then we kind of go from there. So that would be step one. We want to really know what those goals and objectives are, define that as much as possible. Step two, we get into a little bit more of the scientific part of the process. So demographics, competition evaluations, that's where those come into play. Um, we can get lost in looking at a lot of demographics. So without an interpretation of that uh, and without direction from those, it's really just a bunch of numbers. So the goal really is to take those numbers, to interpret it, break those down simply, but then give direction to it. And so it needs to really match the type of practice that the doctor's thinking. The last thing we want to do is go and have the expectation of opening this nice cosmetic Rolls Royce practice and then locate within an area that, you know, it's kind of more your Honda Accord uh, patient base. And that's nothing sure. against Hondas, um, but it's not the Rolls Royce. And certainly if that's the expectation, you want it to match that practice in that community that you ultimately serve. So it's really diving into those numbers. How do they support the goals and objectives of the practice? Um, competition, of course, is at the forefront, usually of everybody's mind. So within that competition and here in Texas, certainly most people will find it's competitive. There's a lot of new practices opening. There's a lot of people moving from other parts of the state to Texas to take advantage of just our business friendly environment. Uh, and there's a lot of opportunities here. And so because of that, it's a competitive landscape on finding and securing new, exciting spaces. So being prepared for that. Now, we want to evaluate what's competitive versus what is saturated because saturated something is something entirely different. Uh, so expect competition. Part of that is how much competition is there in relation to the density of population? 
how savvy are these competitors, really all the dynamics. Uh, The goal being find pockets of opportunity. That's what we're always trying to find, pockets of opportunity where it's underserved, it supports a new dentist coming in, and not only coming in and opening, but opening and doing well and having a uh, successful launch. So that's really our goal. So part of that is starting kind of big picture, broad, taking that down more scientifically through data. Uh, And then ultimately, of course, it comes down to real estate. You could go out and spend a lot of money on one of these expensive demographic reports. But if there's no real estate options within the areas and these kind of bullseye targeted uh, uh, locations on there, it, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. So finding an exciting real estate option, one that supports the goals of the practice, that's really important. Uh, so if you're a pediatric dentist or an orthodontist uh, and you've got mom coming in with kids and it needs to be family friendly, it may not make sense to go into a location that has a liquor store and tobacco shop next door. Uh, it needs to be the impression that fits the type of practice that you've got. So I see sure. that sounds straightforward, but you'd be amazed uh, how many times I'll see a dentist go into let's just call it a less than desirable neighboring tenant, but they have the expectations of being this really nice uh, cosmetic kind of high-end dentistry, but the overall impression and profile of the real estate does not match that whatsoever and vice versa. I've seen the opposite of that as well. So, Hey Trey, let's talk a little bit about, let's talk about some of some red flags and some like critical mistakes that you'll see practices make. And, you know, I, you, you talk about, hey, kind of like what's the type of practice that you want to have? What kind of fits your um, your niche and who you are and where you want to be? And I see a lot of practices, you know, I could see a lot of dentists doing all this. And then at the last minute, you know, they see a squirrel and they run off and, you know, do something totally different. Is that something that you can see that's problematic? How do you kind of stay the course? And, and what are some you know other problems that you see uh, in just nightmare situations that people get themselves into? Well, I think one of the most common mistakes is when the focus becomes, uh, let's just say when the priorities become things other than the practice success itself. So when they get caught up, uh, when a doctor gets caught up on something alternative like rent or like uh, I'm getting a huge TI allowance package from the landlord to go towards my building construction, and that's why I'm deciding on this location. Uh, Or because it's something really sexy, it's by a Starbucks, but uh, the affordability, you know, as an alternative may not make sense at all. It's just not viable, but they're caught up on the desirability of it because it's by Starbucks. I think really it's it's when everything, uh, you know, is not being taken into account and you're having singular focus on these kind of peripheral items. That's when I've seen people jump into mistakes. Um, for me as well, it's it still comes back to you want to be comfortable within the type of dentistry and type of community you're serving. So I, I think it still comes back largely to the practice vision and that fitting within the location. So I've seen doctors get out of their comfort zone where let's say some have had a background in uh, Medicaid and they've been used to high volume uh, but low income type locations. They may just be tired of it and think, I want something entirely different, but ultimately that's still where their comfort zone is at. So they're still trying to take a lot of bits and pieces of what they've experienced in that background, take it now to a fee-for-service, high-income location, and it's just not a fit. (laughs) And so uh, 
I've seen that where it really does need a match. And part of that is having a very clear practice vision. So let me have a little fun with this next question, yeah. Trey. I, let's uh, hypothetically speaking, say that you have a daughter who uh, is a dentist and is an associate. She's ready to open up her first practice. And she is in the state of Minnesota where you're not licensed and you don't have a connection in Minnesota. Again, all hypothetical. What are three things you want, you yourself want to ask the broker um, that she's thinking about uh, working with? I think one would getting a feel for the character, the overall level of integrity. And it'd be almost impossible to know that after a 30 minute coffee or a 30 minute conversation. But I want to have a a good idea of the overall level of character. So part of that on, on finding or filtering through might be through their reputation in that market. Um, how other vendors within the dental industry view them and how just overall their level of impression is within that industry of Minnesota. Uh, That's going to tell me a lot about just how much I can trust them from an integrity and character standpoint. Number two, certainly experience. Uh, I'd want to make sure that their experience, not just in terms of have been doing this a couple years, but uh, how many, how many dental startups have you actually been involved with? Uh, what what was the outcome of those? Were these successful launches? Are the doctors doing well? Do they still speak highly of you? Uh, overall experience within the industry and having certainly done quite a bit of these. Um, I think three, and this is a good question, the, the top two that I just mentioned would definitely be the, the ones that stand out. Um, three would be... <sighs> You know, that kind of stumped me. Um, it's a, well, it's a, I, I just no. thought of the question. I mean, it's, it's, and it made it very personal, you know, it's, it's it kind of having a little bit of fun with it, but what would you, what, one question do you think you'd ask them? Well, I'd want to, um, I'd really want to know, of course, again, the experience they're standing in the marketplace and level of integrity. Um, and I'd want to know why they do this, what, what their passion is and why they got into working with dentists in the first place. Um, is this a, is it an ends to a mean just purely from compensation? Sure. Or is this more about, there's a passion above and beyond that. We're serving people being an integral part in people really opening their dream office. Uh, I want to know kind of what that passion looks like. So I'd say that would be the third. Yep. That's a great, that's a great question. Yeah. That's definitely, uh, going to let you know a lot about a person right away. So awesome question. Trey, um, I want to just tell our audience once again about your website, those listeners in Texas and states beyond. Um, Dentalspaceadvisors.com. Trey, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.